Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. Now this show is dope. I've never been on a show like this. This is like really like for comedy. Like this is a stand-up comedy show. For sure. And, um, this is dope. Nobody, I done done a lot of stuff. Nobody's doing what you're doing. So I salute you for that. Dang. And um, you own it something. You don't even need nobody to, to do what you're doing. That's another tip that comedians gotta learn. Find something you can do no matter what. And that's what you're doing. You're gonna do this until you, till you're dead and gone. You can keep doing this. My man. Well, I appreciate you saying that, dude. That that makes my heart smile. All right. Hot breath averse. Welcome back to Hot Breath, the show where you learn comedy from the pros. I am your host, comedian Joel Byers, and we are all here at Hot Breath on a mission to cultivate the next generation of great comics. And this guest today is without a doubt part of that generation. He started comedy at the age of 18. And only eight years into his career, he has already gone viral on social media with his own character, Sonny Bo, that has over 10 million views. And now he is releasing a comedy special. Only eight years in, this cat is definitely on the fast track. So we're so excited to have him here on Hot Breath. So welcome to the Hot Breathiverse, the one and only Lewis Belt, everyone. Show Lewis some love. What's up with it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a clapping sound effect going on. We got you. Yeah, love us. What's up with y'all? How y'all doing? My man, welcome aboard, dude. It's it's so cool to have you on here, especially at this point in your career. It's gotta it's gotta be gratifying to be feeling this like momentum. Cause I mean you've been grinding, but to actually a lot of comics we grind with our heads down, but to actually seeing it pay off, that's gotta really be gratifying. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean the world to a standard comic, you know. I mm -hmm. feel like I didn't got famous and popular for all the shit that you know that helps me with my stand-up but it haven't been my stand-up yeah you know? because i really you know stand-up don't get a lot of attention it got to be something major for people to just tune into stand-up comedy so you know for it to be stand-up comedy then uh this is really what i asked for type yeah that's what's cool in seeing your other interviews is how you're very intentional about I'm not an Instagram comic. I'm a stand-up first. Like, you're very intentional about making sure people know that you're a stand-up first. Yeah, for real. Because, you know, any stand-up comedian can relate to it. Like, you know, like, doing open mics and not having a fan base and being in the Chitlin Circus from, you know, Hollywood and even growing up and, like, you know, being in the Bay Area, starting my comedy career in Oakland in the Bay mm -hmm. Area. Just like it's not even a comedy scene, really. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I don't forget those days, and I'm not too far removed from that. You know, for me to practice, I still go to the open mic. I still practice in these small rooms. So, you know, that's something I really take pride in. You know? Yeah, that's something I definitely want to get into social media and building a following there. But I think even more valuable is being able to build a following where you are on a local level and really cultivate like a grassroots fan base that's becomes your foundation. And you, you've done that in Oakland. Like what, a how, how, what kind of tips do you have for comics and whatever scene they're in? Like you said, Oakland doesn't even have really much of a scene compared to like an LA or New York. How, um, how, how can comics build like a local following like you have? 
um, cater to what's around you. So like for me, like I always took it from, you know, getting, taking it city by city because the Bay Area is city. You, you know, you got so many cities in one area. So I'm kind of like, I'm doing everything to cater to every city, but bringing it back to a foundation and that is Oakland. So once I felt like, once I grab everybody's attention in the Bay Area, then mm-hmm. I can I can expand, you know. Yeah. So, you know, you, you start from the ground up, you know. So um, I come from a, a the Bay Area is real big on hip hop, independence, and um, athletes. We got, you know, we got major athletes. So, you know, I ran with doing stuff with Mr. Fab and doing stuff with um, just all the, the hottest rappers in the Bay Area and and um, doing stuff with the athletes, you know, like Marshawn Lynch and, you know, Marcus Peters and, you know, just using all my resources locally to the point where it's like, by time it it, it get, grows and grows, it becomes bigger than my area type. Well, you make it sound like you just live next door to Marshawn Lynch and you're like, hey, let's collab. How do you connect <laughs> with some, like that How do you connect yeah. with, how do you connect with those people in your city? You, you gotta, you, you gotta, um, you gotta build it from the ground up. Like you gotta make it to the point. Like um, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta become important to be important to other important people. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So the social media platform that helped me because my skits with Sonny Bow and myself, my character Sonny Bow, like I created like a a, a brand and a cult of people that like yeah. my content. You know what I'm saying? So it brought awareness to people that had their own platform and then you make it to the point where it's like, once you built your own brand and your own lane, you can collab with others. Oh, you almost have to have something to collab with before you try to collab with someone. Yeah, people off the dribble try to come off like looking for people that's hot. It's like, no, you got to get hot first and then mm-hmm. people that's hot work with you, you know? Yeah, and that's that's something we talked, we had Desi Banks on here talking about his first viral video was him doing like how a town guys sound. And he, I don't know if he, a town guys, I don't think he said it like that, but Atlanta, you know, but yeah, like he played into the Atlanta, like Atlanta scene in the city and kept it local. Like you do with your character, Sonny Bo. It's very Oakland that they, so yeah. So the first viral video I had was how bear you dudes be like, you know, oh so, yeah, 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 yeah! You just get at a girl like this, and then I did the Sonny Bo Dread, like, "Hey, check it out," you know. And then everybody thought it was hella funny, so I kept doing it over and over and over again. But mm-hmm. when I was doing that, I was a stand up, like, I was a stand up comedy before I did the skit, so it was kind of like that was a break I was looking for, you know. So by the time I did the skit, more people started coming to my shows, my fan base. I, I knew it was working because my shows was getting bigger. Uh huh. And I damn near was like a Bay Area celebrity by the time me and Marshawn Link. Okay, yeah. See, that's yeah, that's where it all started with the the sketch, and then yeah. you started to build a buzz from that. Yeah, I had a big, big buzz by the time me and Marshawn uh, did business on like uh, on a part, like you know, like a skit. Yeah. Like, that was like, like damn near like the the peak, like on some like I can't get no higher than this. <laughs> Like if I did it with Marshawn, then I I did have my run with Sonny Bo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean he's a he's yeah he's a legend, especially in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking it seems like comics wherever they're based because I mean we have comics all over the world, like Australia, the UK, mm-hmm. Ireland. 
um, even Lincoln, Nebraska, not to name all the big cities, but it's like almost even a comic in Lincoln, Nebraska. It's like, hey, do something locally based and really build something doing it, do references only they get in the sketch and things like that, and just build something for your town. And that seems to be a great way to spark online momentum that you can then build on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like like with anything, you know, you start from the, you start with the people that's close. And, you know, once mm -hmm. you take it by city by city, like I was doing stuff that was so local and I was catering so much to the Bay Area to the point where I started, it, it started, um, it started like it became it became like it wasn't helping me at some point because people from a grand scale couldn't relate because it was so mm -hmm. local, you know, and that's the advantage that people like a, a Desi Banks or or DC and Flower, whoever these people is in other cities, like they're from Atlanta. Like Atlanta is popping, popping, like like they got the Migos, they got future, they got so if you if you get Atlanta attention, you're gonna be bigger. Mm -hmm. versus like the bay area it's like it's so far you can go like the bay area is not a place um right now or when i was doing it at the time it wasn't like marshawn lynch was the only person that was really on that national scale that people can uh identify my character with uh-huh gotcha you know what i'm saying like oh he might be acting like marshawn lynch you know oh right okay yeah so then versus how if you in the south you know, versus if you in the South, it's kind of like, like if you're acting like a down South character, all these people can relate. Uh, Memphis, North Carolina, South Carolina, mm -hmm. you know, Florida, like a Southern accent is bigger than a Bay Area accent. Yeah. So I was just only Bay Area famous for like three years straight, like a local celebrity. Like I was Desi Banks to the Bay, <laughs> <laughs> you know, forever until I just expanded my 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 content yeah so how how do you get out of that bubble um going against the grain like i honestly had to go against the grain with my content where it's like people was asking for me to be sonny bo and the only way i had to only way i got out of stop being sonny bo is um to i made it like sonny bo went to jail ah so i kind of like i put my character in jail and it's like I had so many followers to the point it's like, all right, like, um, Sonny Boy and Jill, so you only get to, you're tuning into Louis Bell only now. <laughs> That's smart. Yeah, so it's like, I made a movement, it's like, free Sonny Boy, but Sonny Boy was in jail <laughs> <laughs> for like eight months to the point where people forgot about Sonny Boy. Uh-huh. And, and as soon as I stopped doing Sonny Boy, MTV, MTV reached out to me and was like, do you want to be on Are You The One? Because they thought Louis Belt was funny. Oh, that was very clever, man. Very savvy there. Yeah, so I had to go against the grain. I had to go, I had to deal with a lot of comments like, uh, fuck Lewis Bell, I want to see Sonny Bo. Like, I had to swallow that and be like, you know. Well, well, for is. a minute, uh, even DC Young Fly got caught in this um, lane of roasting. And they're like, we only want, we only want to watch it if he's roasting and things like that. And he had to work himself out of that lane as well. And it's, worked out clearly yeah. and uh it's working out for you too so there's definitely something to that yeah and, and i felt comfortable with doing it because i always had stand-up comedy yeah you know so it's like, like lewis belt is the person they always paid to see like even when sonny Bo was popping those three years when i was doing shows people coming to see lewis belt <sighs> yeah so it's like once once um 
I, I was kind of like promoting Louis Bell and standing up the whole time and, and Sonny Bo like this internet character. So yeah. it's like, once I put Sonny Bo up, it's like, now you just only seeing Louis Bell at the shows and on social media. Yeah, a lot of a lot of us social media cats, if they find a character, they're that character. And they exactly. get stuck in it. Yeah, that's yeah, dangerous. You're stuck. You're stuck. That's why I had to separate my page. Like my my social media page is Lou Do Too Much. But Sonny Bo had its own social media page, the real Sonny Bo. So it's like, you know. That's smart. You make it, yeah, you gotta be like, I, I'm I'm competing with myself at this point. It's like Lou's <laughs> Sonny Bo. <laughs> What a, what kind of social media tips do you have for for comics? Uh, how they that is something comics always ask is like, oh, I want I want more followers. I you know I want I want the heat or I want to go viral. Like, what kind of tips do you have for comics when it comes to the social media hustle? I feel like social media it has to be it has to be super 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 creative, mm-hmm. or it has to be extremely ignorant to get some attention. <laughs> On social media, it's, it's no other way. Like, you know, and I feel like uh, the tips I would give a comic would be like, do something that everybody's not doing. Mm. I feel like people try to go viral with trying to follow a trend. And that only makes the person that started the trend bigger. The only way to go viral on social media is to create a trend, create your own way and make people follow that. Hmm. Yeah, and I think it's important to keep creating. Like, yeah, don't put all your eggs in one basket on, oh, this is the thing. I'm spending 36 hours making this video. It's like put out a bunch of stuff and see what sticks and start building on that momentum. Yeah, like before I found, before I started doing Sunny Boat, I was just doing all type of videos where it's just like I try to do a split video roasting. You know, I try to do uh just like ranting like you know like yeah because i, I re- only reason i started doing it because i started seeing it work for others like i'm 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 a stand-up comedian and i'm on stage every day and i'm watching jess hilarious dc young fly and they're getting just mega famous and they don't perform at the time so it's like i'm like all right let me try to do what they doing in my shit you know so i i found my own niche from just trying so many things you know Yes. Keep trying. It's kind of like trying a new joke. It's like you may write 20 and only one of them you end up keeping. Same thing with content, I'd say. Exactly. It's just like a joke. And then it's like once you find that bit where it's like, oh, people laughing at that. Keep building that bit. Keep adding Mm -hmm. to it, add more to it. So, you know, social media, I found that thing and it's like I'm running with it. Yeah, I find it. I struggle with consistency, man. Like I like sometimes I'm just like, what is the point? Or I'll scroll through my phone just looking at my photo album like, well, what do I even post? Like I get caught almost in like overthinking it maybe. Yeah, because you're thinking it from a comic standpoint, you know what I'm saying? Because a a comic can't just say anything like you just can't like comics think really hard. That's why it's. (laughs) Hard to do stand-up comedy because yeah. you gotta know where you're going with it all the time. You feel me? Versus the internet, you don't have to be going nowhere with it. It could just be a video. <laughs> just it's not that damn genius. It's just really like fuck it. Yeah. You gotta have that fucking attitude. That's why a lot of uh that's why a lot of social media comedians are horrible on stage because you can't go on stage and just be like, fuck it, I'm gonna let it go. Like, nah, like 
nah, you need to think this through. You can't, you can't redo this set. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause in your early days you started with freestyling and you realized, Oh, I better, I better get some jokes in here. Yeah. <laughs> you can really freestyle the, the phone because you can just delete it. Right. <laughs> Ooh, that's not that. Yeah, that didn't sound right. What is like, what is, I always ask comics on here this question, like what is your worst like bomb or your worst booze story from that, those early days? Um, I feel like the worst show I had, it wasn't from the fans standpoint. It was from a comedian. Mm. Like it was like a local dude. It was like a local comedian. I'm young at the time having confidence because I'm just think I'm just cool. This ain't got shit to do with comedy. I'm just the shit. You yeah, yeah. in my head. So it's like, I did a show and I performed and a comedian was kind of like, I would say he was trying to heckle me. He was heckling me. Um, and I didn't know how to handle it because I'm like, I don't know at the time, like, like I know you can roast the crowd, but I'm like, do you, when a comedian heckle you? Like, I'm trying to perform for the fans. So basically, like, it came down to the comedian heckle me, he talking shit. Then I'm like, I'm roasting him. So we get in the throw session. It's not about, now it's not a show anymore. So it got to the point where I told the comedian, all right, come on stage. Let's have a roast session. The comedian, I gave him the mic and I went back and forth with the mic and we wanted, we had a roast session. And I just felt like, like I held my own, but it was like, I the worst show I had is because I let somebody control my set. It's yes. like, how did he end up on? Like, that would have never happened if I had experience. Like, I'd have roasted him and be like, shut your ass up. You wish you was on stage and then went back to my set or catering to the crowd. I kind of let him take me out of my 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 uh, set. And it went, it went bad because I didn't get like, no, it wasn't like, hey, my name is Louis Bell. And I get to walk off stage. You're just like, the roast session ending. It's like, I'm off stage. Like, it was stupid. It's like, all right, bet, I guess. All right, cool. Yeah. yeah. So it felt like a bomb for the crowd because I didn't cater to the crowd. Yeah. Were, were you headlining this show? No, it, this was like open mic days. Open like, mic it like, days. It was like a showcase in, in Oakland. And um, it wasn't nothing big. It was just some local bullshit. So yeah. Like, do you, do you still know this comic? Um, yeah, I, I, I never forget his name, but you know, because you know, you had those moments, like, you know, certain shit you'll never forget, but you know, mm -hmm. that's why I kind of be like, you know, yeah, myself a certain way. Like I told y'all, y'all should have left me the fuck alone and should have <laughs> tried to be friends with me. <laughs> ah, you wasn't with me shooting in the gym. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you was praying on my downfall. Yeah. You know? Like I remember that day, like the comedian. He tried to like shit on me. He was an older dude. He'd been doing comedy for years. Yeah. And he was just like, he was like, he was like, uh, he was like, yeah, take some notes. And I'm and he gave me his uh his comedian cards, like, yeah, I could put you on one day. And it's like, like he tried to flex on me that day. And it's like, now look at him, like, I could really put him on and right. not. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard you say in a quote that, you know, don't try to compete with each other, try to eat with each other. And that's really stuck with me. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? People, people like try to compete with each other too much and it fucks up what they got going on. Mm -hmm. I learned that from, you know, people trying to compete with me. And I'm like, I'm not finna do that because I know how that gets you. Sometimes you can be above a comedian and they surpass right over you and then you look like the dumb motherfucker. And you, you legit never know who is going to be who. Like this guy you're at an open mic with, 
six months in and six years, he may be booking the hottest show in the city. Like you honestly, you never know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I feel like that's the part that a lot of social comedians, social media comedians don't get to experience because you know, you cut as soon as you start going outside, you already famous, you already popping. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, I carry myself different because like, like for the Just For Laugh show, like I worked eight years for that show. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I didn't get selected to that. Like, like I'm like, wow, like I'm finally selected. You know, it's not like on no like, oh, what is Just For Laughs? Oh, okay, how much the budget? Okay, I'm gonna do it. Like, no, like I'm taking this shit real serious. Of course, yeah. And the same thing with like your comedy special. It's like something you were ready for, you know? Yes. Yeah, sometimes yeah. comics like we we want to microwave our success, and it's like I I've heard several times on this show, like interviewing over three hundred comics. It is, hey, you can be seen too early, but you can't be seen too late. So just focus on getting Ooh, funny. That's good game. I ain't heard yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah that's, that's facts tough. right there too. Yeah, yeah. We we actually have a question coming in from um, Sean Harper here asking. Yeah, th this is a. Um, this is a good one about posting stuff online. He's like, what is your opinion on putting material online that you're not ready to retire? So like, yeah, I guess posting your stand-up online. What's uh, what's your opinion on that? For someone, for like a like newer comic is what it's sounding like here. That, that's a, that's a great question because um, that was the, that was something that, uh, that's a great question. Cause I had to figure that out for myself. Um, I feel like if you got the joke polished already, I feel like you should release it because if you don't have like a comedy special coming up and you're trying to get exposure, you got to put yourself out there because nowadays people are not just grabbing like, you know, like back in the day you used to like work material up and then be like, one day I'm gonna get on Def Comedy Jam or I'm gonna say this for Comedy View or HBO special. It's not happening like that no more. Like, mm -hmm. you, if you got a, a joke that's polished, put it on YouTube, and they might discover the fans might discover you, and then that might get you to a platform where it's like, hey, this person's funny. Let's put them on this show. So, I recommend nobody don't hold no material if unless you got a strategic plan. Like, I'm working on this set for Netflix. Or I'm working for you know. Yeah, and it's I would say post something you can be proud of though, like. Um, something you would want people to see that you're not looking back in two years and you're like, oh man, I was shooting that on an Android at an open mic in front of four people. It's like, I don't know if I want that out there type deal. Yeah, but... Maybe. That's my opinion. But, but at the same time, you can post that and then if, if you upload it yourself, you can always be able to uh, take it down. That's true. That is and true. Yeah. Say if you get popping, you want to show people your growth. So you can be like, all right, I got this clip for you. When I was at an open mic in front of four people and I worked at this joke, you want to do the now and later. You yeah, know, so yeah, yeah. You want you want your people to see you struggle. So when you get to the next level, they appreciate like, no, I like I've been supporting you, you know. That's yeah, that's that's true, actually. Yeah. That I need to make some of my old YouTube videos unprivate now, I guess. Now I gotta exactly. stop hiding that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had to, I had to make a lot of stuff private. Yeah. When I posted it, because I'm like, oh, I'm not on that level no more. Like, oh yeah, you know. oh yeah. yeah. Uh, he he followed up here with about uh, live shows actually saying, um, say this one's in a 
different. Uh, I'm in the weird space where I'm hosting frequently and featuring probably a little prematurely. So I was just wondering, A, if I should hold off on emailing bookers in search of feature work, and B, is it even worth contacting out of clubs, out of town clubs for host work? Hmm. Is it worth contacting comedy clubs to host out of town? I would say, personally, for me, I would say just get your own night wherever you at and host that night consistently and do however much time you want to do and then um, film it. And then, you know, if you film me and you've got certain shows that was good, you put it out there and then the comedy clubs will reach out to you and book you. Boom. Yeah, and you're, you're honing that skill as well. You're honing that hosting skill because, like he's saying, with featuring prematurely, it is like you don't want to go on the road and feature for a club and not do well because that spreads. You know, like yes. you only get one first impression. So I would say great advice. Yeah, hone the skill locally. Host, host, host. That I mean, you learn so much from hosting. Like my comedy yeah. grew exponentially when I started hosting my own shows. Yes. Yes. And then yeah, you can't never fail in your city because your city scene you start from the bottom. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you can fail in somebody else's city because like you said, that's your first impression. You know, your city, you can you can you can take L's in front of your town. Yeah. Did did you host a lot of shows in Oakland? Yeah, yes. Um, I was hosting a, a comedy show uh for about two to three years. Um, I, I was hosting a big show with me and Mr. Fad. We was calling it the uh, Dope Air Comedy Show. And um, we was doing it once a month and we was bringing big acts. Uh, we, brought, uh, we brought Tony Roberts. Uh, we brought Michael Blackston, Red Grant. Um, uh, who else we bring? We brought Joe Torrey. We brought, we, we brought a good amount of people. We was doing it every month and the whole city was coming out because I was popping. With the uh, with my skits and my sketches and my stand-up comedy, and Mr. Fab is a, a a Bay Area legend, so it's like the collab was making it like popping. That's dope. Yes. Oh, that's dope. But a lot of industry comedians knew me through Oakland. They didn't know me through Hollywood. Uh huh. So by the time I got to Hollywood, they like, hey man, like I had a good first impression with these people. So when I was in Hollywood, they like, oh this guy, he he's like. He do his thing up in, in the Bay Area. Yeah, you're probably the plug in the Bay Area, it sounds like. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, not like Burner. I mean, like the plug. Oh, yeah, on Burner the, on yeah. a whole other level. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but for comedy, I am the Burner of comedy. Yeah, 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 day. yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. What a, For a comic wanting to start their own show, what kind of tips do you have? To throw a show, to start throwing a show, like something they're doing like weekly or monthly, yeah, anything. Yeah, because if they're like, if, if Sean's here and then this is like, oh, maybe I will start my own show. Like, where uh, where should he start, promote it, things like that? I feel like you should always start a, a comedy show where somewhere you got a good relationship with some some business. So mm. if you got a, uh, like, restaurants, it's always a good place to, you know, do shows because, you know, a comedy club and a restaurant is the same thing. You know, comedy clubs rely on their drinks and in the bar, you know, like they food and and they need comedy. So it's like if you you can start at a restaurant or any uh, open mic night that's you know, whereas you go to open mic night and be like, Can I have my own night? And they give you a night and just keep doing it from ground up and promoting it through people you personally know. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like I feel like people will be looking for stuff that's already around them. Yeah, you know? how 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 would you promote your shows? I I will I will promote my shows through um of course social media, but mm-hmm. always have flyers. Like I feel like footwork is still that shit still matters. Like having flyers, placing on people's cars, passing it to people, having uh business cards and you know. If you ain't famous or nothing, give out your number. Just, hey, what's your number? I'll text you that. You know, let anybody have your number. Just get the word out there. So, and, and let people know every Friday. You got to have a consistent day. You got to be like every Friday, every Wednesday, something where it stick, where people get bored and be like, I'm not doing nothing. Let me just go pull up on uh, John on Wednesday because he do his shows. Yeah. Yeah. That- Oh yeah, yeah, and actually, there's there's a John in this group who does host the Wednesday show. That's pretty funny. Wow, salute <laughs> to John, then that's dope. Yeah, he he actually asked a question about social media, but I do want to tag up uh, hosting. Hosting is a skill set within itself. Do you have any hosting tips for comics? Hosting tips. Uh, a good tip is always you always gotta freestyle. I feel like with hosting. Uh, your set and jokes, all that, that don't, that don't really work a lot. It, it works once you get the, the, once you address the room, get the energy up, mm-hmm. you know, uh, freestyle a little bit, just get comfortable up there because the host always got to break the ice for the next comedians. Like if you're a host, you can't be selfish. You gotta, you gotta host for the next comedian coming out, you know, mm-hmm. you gotta be for the people. So um, that's a tip I, I will always you know, give a, tell a host, you know, host for that night, host for that room, you know? Yeah. That's, that's, that's almost what I enjoy about hosting is like the pressure is off to really kill. It's literally like setting a fun vibe. And then the, the, the comedy will come from the vibe, but it's not like about your setup punch, setup punch. It is more like setting a good vibe for the room. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always way to find material you, you would write on. It's like, that's the way to practice without practicing it. You know, it's like, that's the way to practice without going into an open mic, you know, or or another person's room. It's like, let me say this at my show while I'm hosting. And if it work, I'm going to continue on writing and developing that bit. But if it don't work, I'm just fucking with you. All right, I'm bringing up your next comedian. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. We're just having fun, right, everyone? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I ain't nobody. The next funny guy. Right, is exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it definitely helps you be more conversational and natural on stage. Yeah. Uh, and this one, shifting in back into social media, this is from John uh, Chappelle asking, what would you say is the best social media platform to focus on? I'm pushing Instagram and use Twitter for just putting jokes out. How do you grow your following? Hmm. I, I would say, I would say, um, for stand-up comedy, I would say Instagram and Facebook. Mm. And I would kind of say Facebook before Instagram because Facebook got a more mature audience. And those are the type of people like stand-up comedy, it's an age limit. You know, you gotta be at least 18 and up or 21 and up. So um you Facebook got that crowd where it's in between 25 to 55. And that's the audience a comedian wants because you want people to actually pay to see you live. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. so I would say Facebook first and then Instagram second. Yeah. And do you, are you, are you heavy on uh, Facebook or did you find momentum like 
is Instagram your main lane? It's kind of like, it's almost like picking one and being doing good at one before you try to disperse all your energy. Um, and I'm not good at any, so that's where my energy is. I'm so focused on this podcast and this Facebook group and the YouTube that like, I'm really not active on anything else, but those, those three things. But those are strong audience, like YouTube. Yeah. Those are diehard people. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. Facebook, that, that's a good audience. So, um, in podcasts, so you know that that is a lane where you don't have to. Once you got to just find one social media platform, and then they will follow you on all of them. Mm-hmm. But um, I would say the the one for me, it was Instagram because I was doing the Instagram skits before Instagram got oversaturated with the skits. So like I was doing the Instagram skits when um, it was 15 seconds. Ooh, OG. Yeah, so, <laughs> so yeah, I did it with the 15 seconds. So the algorithm and all of that, it was different. It was easier to get more traction at mm-hmm. that time. But um, I was so heavy on Instagram doing the skits on Instagram, I slept on uh, YouTube and Facebook. And what woke me up was I got hacked. Oh. I got my Instagram hacked uh, on Instagram. So I had like 80,000 followers and I lost my page. And um, I had like, I probably had like 3,000 followers on Facebook, probably had like 10,000 subscribers. And I'm like, if I get hacked again, I need all of my social media platforms be popping. So if I get hacked, I can hit, it on, hit them on Facebook like, hey, I got hacked on Instagram. That's why you can't find me. So exactly. that's what made me build up everything. So for all the comedians out there watching this, um, I would recommend if you find, you got you to gotta be strong on all of them because you don't want you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket and then, you know, you should get your basket get took. And then it's like, you ain't got no more fruit. <laughs> yep, exactly. And what are you going to do? It's like, it's, it's gone. It's an app, you know, it's like, what are you going to show for it? You got a screenshot of what it used to be. <laughs> yeah. And it just looks so lame it. to be like, hack that 80,000 on your bio. <laughs> it's like, you got to chalk it up. It's not there. Like, yep, exactly. Yep. Yeah, if it wasn't for stand-up comedy, I think I would have died then. Like you know, like, exactly. It all had, comes I back, popular. man. I was doing monthly shows. People knew where to find me, so it's like my Instagram page was gone. But it's like I was so out there with stand-up comedy and, and doing so much stuff where it was easy to find. Like you yeah. all, man, it, it's that stand-up. Like you, I mean, even Kevin Hart is like everything else I'm doing, I'm still a stand up first. Like it, it's just, it's the foundation, man. It's the rock of it all. Yeah. It's, <sighs> I, I feel like it's that thing where, you know, parents always say like, you know, you don't know how I feel to be a parent until you become one. I, I kind of feel like that was stand up comedy. Like <laughs> that's like my first kid. Like you feel yeah. me? Like, I don't, I don't give a fuck if I have 20 kids. Like this is my kid. Yes, like, for sure, man. It's so beautiful, man. And uh, a part of being a stand-up, though, is also, like, that business side, which you you seem to have found a nice... You seem to have good business instincts in this game as well, because it is show and business. So yes. what it, what is, like, uh, that business hustle of the comedy? We, we hear about your local uh, up, upping and the, the shows and producing your own shows and all that, but, like, on the business side, how, how, can, how, can, these, how can comics make money in this game, man? Um, I feel like for me personally, I learned more from comedy. I, I learned more from business, from being around people that's not in comedy business. Mm-hmm. So like I learned business 
from my my dad, my Marshawn Lynch, uh, uh, Mr. Fab, um, just so many people that's not like my my dad always worked for uh he's worked a nine to five a, a job and he's been a manager so it's like if you're a manager uh uh at a um at a on a big corporate level then you know how to manage business like you know what i'm saying so it ain't no difference if you work in a job if you rapping if you an athlete all of it is business so i learned more business from people that's not comedians so i i would recommend Surround yourself around just businessmen instead of people that's just in your field. Mm. What a, a lot of comedians not businessmen; they're comedians. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. What what uh what did you learn from these businessmen? Uh, I would say most thing I learned. Um, they a businessman would teach you is business first. So I would say the emotions and the feeling like you entitled to things, those people, like those four people I named, and my father, number one, always say business is so separate, you know? So it's like, cause I'm funnier than this person don't mean I'm supposed to get more money than this person. Or because um, I've been doing it longer than this person mean that I'm supposed to come out last. You know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that, made me understand the business like okay like this person is going last because he sold the most tickets he's not funnier to me you know what i'm saying uh mr fab was the first person to tell me you only got one first impression you know so it just things like that marshawn lynch was the person that told me um if you don't know something find people find people that know it you don't you don't have to be this you're not supposed to be the smartest motherfucker in your camp you know what i'm saying like if if you're afraid that you don't know what this word mean, find somebody that know what that word mean, you know, and that's business, you know, and being a comedian, comedians always want to make a joke out of things to to not look stupid or to to make it look like they know everything and they're cool. And it's like the business ain't got shit to do with being funny and being cool. Mm. And that's what I learned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that entitlement is so huge because we can look at someone on TV and be like, but why not me? But that's out of your control. You're like, you know, focus on what you can control. Yeah. And then I had no option being business savvy because it ain't no comedy club where I'm from. So, you know, to get a venue and to, uh, to you know, count, uh, get the, set up the chairs and, and, pay for cameraman and all you just you start doing so much stuff you I became a businessman and I didn't even I wasn't even thinking I was doing that much business mm-hmm. you know, until I damn near went to Hollywood and realized like oh, all of these is jobs like I know I'm I'm in I'm at productions and I'm knowing everybody's job because I didn't done it you know so it's like I've been I filmed myself. I edit my own videos. I set the chairs up. I lighted the comedians when they was on stage. So it's like, by the time I got to Hollywood and I'm performing, they got a person that, they got a light at the top of the thing and they just flash and <laughs> it's a cameraman that just, I get off the stage and be like, yeah, I can see the footage. And I'm just like, this shit, I'm, I know how to do all of this shit. I'm a businessman. I'm not a yes. comedian. Yes. That, that's what, a comedian is like a Swiss army knife and like, it's good to have those other skills of 
Can you make your own flyers? Can you edit your own videos? Like, can you email professionally when you are emailing a booker? Like all these skills that aren't on stage, but have a huge impact on the stages you end up getting on. <laughs> exactly. Like when MTV reached out to me, I didn't have a manager at the time. So I was talking to MTV myself. That's awesome. Like, so I know I'm a businessman. Like I know I'm a businessman because I can talk to, uh, I can, I can go to Viacom and talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, a lot of comedians can't do that. They just know how to tell a joke. So I'm like, I can be dead ass serious with somebody for an hour and then perform for an hour. Oh, dude. I mean, that was like when we interviewed Chico Bean, like, he was, I mean, he dropped so much game, but he was like so serious. Like he was just, and I'll get the same way. A lot of people don't even know I'm a comic until they see me on stage or like see me on the internet or something, because like I am more serious and I do like just to talk more normally and then, you know, be funny for the money type deal. So, um, yeah, there's a switch, you know? Yeah. It's like being an athlete, like, you know, you know? like, um, you know, they're not dribbling the ball after the game. Like now they got a, uh, talk you know what i'm saying yeah, like yeah. do a press conference <laughs> like and they got trainers for that and they go to school for that like they like um they prepare you for the nba it's not like you just be in the nba and then you hit a game winner and then a person with a mic just come ask you question like they got they got coaches and people for that so mm-hmm. uh, comedy don't give you no coaches and all that so if you ain't coming from no um neighborhood that's gamed up and teach you certain things you're just gonna be like Hello, you just gonna be joking all day. Like that's you're not supposed to be doing. That. <laughs> yeah, and all these skills we're talking about, like his his advice is like get around people that do have those skills, or listen to interviews of people that have those skills, and start to learn. So don't try to like figure it out on your own. Learn from the people that already know it. Exactly. Like yeah. I watch I watch more interviews than I watch stand up comedy. Me too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> like, yeah. I sit there and watch The Breakfast Club and, and Damon Dash and Rick Ross and Kevin Hart and P. Diddy. I listen to, like, I like how people like to watch stand-up. I like to watch interviews about people, like. Yes. So that's why, like, you know, I, like, I never met Kevin Hart. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like I really already had to talk with Kevin Hart. He just ain't having my side. But I understood <laughs> everything he was saying. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like. Like I just, I study, I study that more than comedy because I rely on my natural ability and I watch comedy is simple. You know, you, you watch it, you study it, you know, you learn people, you learn stuff, you know, the mannerisms, the time in a joke and punchline. But if you got that, you got that. You feel mm-hmm. me? You need to study the business because they going to hide that. You can't just, you gotta, you gotta look for it. It ain't just going to pop up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is uh this ties into the uh, business. This is a uh, Joey Rizzuto asking. Uh, I noticed you have a separate social media account for your company due to much entertainment. Um, is there a benefit to separating the two? Um, yes, because you want people to know that this is my brand and um, Lou do too much. My social media, Louis Belt is Louis Belt. That's the the comic. Um, do too much entertainment that page I'm the owner of that business but that's a business page so that that page is not about me that page is about comedy that's that page is about business so um it's real important because I I need to separate the two because um my page is personal 
do too much. Uh, that page is a brand. What what is uh what is your what is the business? What it what made you want to start it, and what are you doing with it? Um, the reason I started because I've been having a business um, for eight years and didn't know it was a business. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, with putting together my own shows, presenting myself, presenting other comedians, and um, and um, so I I made sure like okay. Let me make it to a business. So do too much entertainment. That's an LLC. That's a legit business. And um, it's a comedy brand and um, it's for music too. Like my character, Sonny Bo, he make music, he rap. So it's like Sonny Bo is under do too much entertainment. Like he dropped, he releases his music through do too much entertainment. If you look at the bottom of his music on Apple, on uh, Spotify, it's going to say do too much entertainment. Uh So it's like, and if you look at Lewis Bell comedy shows and um, all the comedy shows I present with other people is do too much entertainment presents uh, the young OG show. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, that's why it's real important to uh, separate it. And that's what I'm doing with it. Like uh, do too much entertainment, you know, is a, it's a, it ain't no difference from a deaf comedy jam. Uh, Russell Simmons presents it. It's no different from that. It just got to grow. Yeah, you you seem to be savvy on the merch game as well. And so many comics, I mean, I've been guilty. I have this bit. I'm going to make a shirt about it. I'm about to be a millionaire. And now I have 80 shirts in my closet. You know what I mean? Like, you seem to have been really savvy with the merch game. Like, um, what what kind of tips do you have on actually creating a successful merch? Um, the merch is real important because um, as a stand-up comedy, as a stand-up comic, you're always touching people. You, mm-hmm. You're going to, people going to uh, want to talk to you after your show. They want to meet you. So you got to always have something to sell. So um, the merch is real important to me because that was the first, um, that was the most money I made at a period of time in my career because um, I was under the umbrella of uh, Mr. Fab and he was creating his uh, dope air story he started out the trunk so he was telling me like why are you walk around here famous and you ain't got nothing to sell you know so like he gave me that tip and then he was like always have something to sell so um i printed up my first shirts and one day um i just always walked around my shirts and um i went to wingstop one day and i sold four hundred dollars worth of shirts going to wingstop it changed my life. I'm like, I'm never not walking around with no merch mm-hmm. ever, you know? So it's like, um, that's been heavy on me because I was making more merch with money. I was making more money with merch than my actual show. So, oh yeah. I've been on tour where that's, I, if I didn't have merch, I, I wouldn't have come out in positive, you know? Exactly. So that's why that's always mandatory for me. Are you printing your own merch or do you have like a, a plug for that? I got a plug for that. Mm-hmm. I wish I knew how to do that. That's coming soon. If you're a graphic designer and know how to print up your own shit, tap in with me. Yes. And uh, for those of you in the Hot Breathverse, the plug is the connect. If, if anyone didn't know, that is the person who would supply the printing service. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we got to translate sometimes. <laughs> I've, I've done, I've, I've started comedy in Atlanta. I've, I've like, I, I was like 
I just did, I was never the cool kid in the scene, so I just went wherever I could. So I'm doing like strip clubs at 1 a.m., not even thinking like I should be getting robbed. I never got robbed though. Like it all ended up well, but I did some like shady spots just because that's where I could get stage time because some, some shows, you know, you got to be the cool kid or it's like, do you have a beard and a flannel shirt? No. Well then you're not ironic enough for this show. See, That's why you didn't get robbed. Yeah. (laughs) Because that, I feel like that's the reason why it'd be dangerous for me. Because I'm coming in there with the perception I'm the cool kid, right? But you know, right. it's like, yeah, they, you know, it's easier for you. You know, that's why I gentrify. Like gentrification has happened. Like these people that's moving to these neighborhoods, they're not getting robbed because they don't look like a threat. But if I walk around a hood that I'm not from, I look like, what you doing? You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so, like I'm disrespecting their hood. So. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, dude, th- this has been awesome. Um, I mean, just to kind of land the plane here, do you do you have any like closing advice for comics or any like favorite advice you've gotten? I know you've been able to work with Mike Epps, who you met when you were ten years old, and now you've gotten to actually work with him. And even this special was a part of the project with him. Like, I mean, is there any advice no, or this, game this you picked project up? Wasn't the, this part, this project had nothing to do with him. Oh, but he was one of the comics on it. No, I'm on. I'm on my own special. Oh, but I mean the like. I meant like the the Boogie Cousins presents. He's presented a bunch of different co- like Gary Owen, Carlos Miller. Like it's a bunch of different, right? Yeah. No, Demarcus Cousin, Boogie Comedy Slam presented those comedians. Mike Epps is just one of those comedians. One of those comedians. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just saying yeah. it's cool to be like you're having a special alongside with like Mike Epps doing one. Is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's nah, dope. That's you. Yeah, that's huge. I, I, um, like some advice I would give a comedian. Yeah, it's mandatory. Like it sounds so like, like you know, cliche, but it's like you really got to find your own lane. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, you know, as a comedian, you get inspired by certain comedians or uh, certain things, and it's like that's not going to help you. You got to help yourself. Like. Comedy, uh, unfortunately, is really like a self-made job. It's like you up there alone, and I'm not saying it's gonna you gonna go in the game alone, but kind of so. Like you might want to collab with people, work with people that's next to you. Stop worrying about the people that's ahead of you. You mm. know what I'm saying? So it's like because you at the open mic don't mean you doing bad. Because you um you got a special. Amazon don't mean you less of a comedian because they things on Netflix and you know because you got a special Netflix don't mean you're gonna be rich forever you know like it just it's it's levels to comedy and always appreciate the level you own and always reach always you know try to get to the next level but you know take it step by step yes step by step and I, I loved your mentality even in hearing your interview on comedy hype about like I did a shorter special because I want to put out a dope 20 as opposed to like a mediocre 45. Like I want my first special to be something people are like you first impression again, like you said, you want that first impression to hit them in the face and not be like, well, the first 20 was cool, but then he kind of rambled, you know, that's great self-awareness that a lot of comics egos would normally get in the way of. So I commend you for that mindset, man. That's, that's what's going to go far. And that's just business. You know, yeah. I know what I'm capable of. I know I know how to do 45 minutes. You know what I'm saying? But 
I got 45 minutes for certain cities. I'm catering to the whole world. Yeah, man. So savvy. Yeah. And um, when you booked your bigger names on your shows, this one's coming in at the buzzer. How would you book a bigger name with a lower budget? How would I book a bigger name for a lower budget? Uh, take a pay cut. Mm. You have to uh, sacrifice some money for yourself and others to make that uh, headliner, um, you know, to reach his budget. Uh, budget. And, and if you don't have a budget where you know you can't get a, a headlining comedian, you don't got the money, relationships. You know, if you got a good relationship with people, sometimes people do stuff for free and a favor for you because they believe in you. And that's something that um, is priceless. That's when your talent kick in. You know, talent can get you things that money can't buy. You know, so sometimes, you know, you performing at a, a certain night, you do so good. And, you know, sometimes you ask that favor, it can come through for you. Boom, boom. Well, man, we appreciate you coming through here. It's it's so exciting to catch you at this point in your career man and i'm excited to have you back on here when you're even at another level and we're all just going to keep growing together here so now this show is dope i've never been on a show like this this is like really like for comedy like this is a stand-up comedy show for sure and, um, this is dope nobody i didn't done, done a lot of stuff nobody's doing what you're doing so i salute you for that Dang. and um you own something you don't even need nobody to to do what you're doing that's another tip that comedian's got to learn. Find something you can do no matter what. And that's what you're doing. You're going to do this until you, till you're dead and gone. You can keep doing this. My man. Well, I appreciate you saying that, dude. That that makes my heart smile. Yeah, we're like rap radar for uh, comedy here. Yeah, this is this is very inspiring for sure. Wow. Well, um, the, the last thing we uh, comics do on here, would you mind... Um, looking at the camera, saying your name and uh, why comics should listen to Hot Breath. Oh man, it's your boy Lewis Belt, and um, if you're a comedian, you need to listen to Hot Breath because you need to get this game, you need to get this knowledge that you can't get in college. You know what I'm saying? Tune in, tap in. Boom, my man. And uh, where where can we tap into uh, your special? Please promote everything you have going on with the Hot Breath verse. We want to support you. Okay, so off the dribble, you can follow me on social media. I do too much on all platforms. Uh, make sure you tune in to my comedy special. It's Boogie Comedy Slam Rookie of the Year on Amazon Prime. It's out right now. Um, 20 minutes short, short and sweet. And uh, it's only $5 to buy. So make sure you buy, support it, and leave a review. Put a comment on Amazon Prime and leave a review and uh, tell me what you think. My man. Yes. And uh, everyone watching this or if you're watching this on YouTube later, listening to this on the podcast, these Q&As we do exclusively in our Facebook groups. If you want to get involved in that, go into the link in the show description. You'll see a link to join along with the links to all of the projects Lewis has going on with his social media and this special. I watched it before the interview. It is well worth your money. This is, without a doubt, one of comedy's future stars. So we're so excited to have him on here. So show him the support that you guys show Hot Breath. And uh, Lewis Belt, it's a, it's been a privilege, my friend. Thanks for coming on Hot Breath. Oh, man, it's an honor. We're going to do it again. My man. All right, Hot Breathverse. We'll see you All next right, time. Man. Hot Breath. 
This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.